everybody. Welcome to the Resistance Broadcast. We are the official podcast of StarWarsNewsNet.com. And imagine if we sounded like this when I we open our show. Please stop. It's like the NPR opening. The base is open, everybody. It's time for the Resistance Broadcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm John. Good to see you. This is our Monday show, news show. We're going to talk about a lot of cool stuff, including our uh, Star Wars Newsnet report about some Ahsoka deets. So that's short for details. With me, as always, James and Lacey. Um, weekend's over. It's Monday. Time to get down to business. Business is good because there's some cool Star Wars news to get into. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also uh, have been doing a lot of training. We got a big matchup mm. going on tomorrow night. Uh, so are you guys ready? I think I'm ready. I don't want to like train too hard where you overthink it out. I just want to kind of go in like a little, a little loose, but yeah, tomorrow, 830 East, we're going to be, uh, live competing against the guys from Barstool on, um, is it, is it the Barstool channel or Lights, Camera, Barstool channel? I think it's Lights, Camera, Barstool. All right. So yeah, Jeff Lowe, uh, Ken Jack. Um, of lights, camera bars will put together this um, Star Wars trivia thing they do, and we're gonna be competing against those guys, including um, Robbie Fox, and uh, I'm not sure who else, but we, the three of us, are gonna go head to head with them live tomorrow, 8:30, on their turf. So we're the visiting crew, heading in there to see if we can um, dethrone them from uh, their little title over there. So you guys dethrone uh, them from their own show, from their it's own our title. Show now. <laughs> yeah, imagine it's hey, like, it, you, hey, Maul did it. <laughs> yeah, right. You just go in and take over completely. Um, so how are you guys feeling? You guys ready? I think so. Yeah. I think uh when we first when we first talked about it, you know, we were like, oh, I don't know, but then, you know, we kinda were like, hey, I think we actually got this now. We kinda we're testing ourselves against like the other previous Star Wars uh trivia challenges and right. I think as a team we all did pretty good. So yeah. I had a nervous breakdown. <laughs> quizzes make me nervous i don't like it i don't like sats i don't like tests i don't like anything that feels like i'm Lacey, you gotta touched. be like the fighters who like pretend to be super confident going in like i'm gonna knock him out in the first round it's like those hype videos you know like you did wwe work right you can go you should do like a wwe like promo with the with the background with your logo in the back and stuff and just have at it with like mean gene. I think the idea of me my name being in a sentence with the word hype is just not accurate. We're gonna we're gonna have them call you Lacey Hype Gillerin. No, he's coming to the ring. Lacey Hype um, Gillerin. No, but like James said, like at first I was just like, What? Why? And then mm-hmm. it was just, you know, as always I overthink everything because I'm crazy, but Lacey. What? What is the name of the Rodian pilot in Resistance? I don't know. We had this hype phase on. Yeah, it's your nickname. We literally had a conversation <laughs> before this episode, and I said the two things I never get right are character names and ships. And you're like, "Hey, here's a character's name. What is it?" I well, what's know. good is it's only movies, so we don't have to know like Resistance yeah, yeah. and that sort of stuff. Uh, um. But what I was going to yeah. say is I got really nervous talking to these guys about it, but it seems like it's going to be really fun and I shouldn't overthink it. But then I actually yeah. went and watched an episode of the trivia and I did pretty well. Right. Surprisingly mm-hmm. well. 
I know a lot more than I think I give myself credit for. So yeah, I think it'd be fun more more than anything. Those guys are always mm-hmm. a good time. We've had Jeff on our show twice. We had him on the Resistance broadcast a couple of years ago now, and maybe then even the three, Mando three years fan ago. Show. And then he's on the Mando Fan Show with us this past December. Yep. Um, when he was uh on his deathbed, but I guess he's uh, and like, in like a dark room. Yeah. Because yeah. oh, it was just a sunset behind him, I think. Yeah, right. Yeah. But uh, he he survived and he's still around. But yeah, we're going to be doing that tomorrow. So check it out. 8.30 on uh, Lights, Camera, Barstool on their Periscope on Twitter and their uh, YouTube channel. And then obviously, if you're not able to tune in live and root us on, we won't be able to hear you anyway. So you could tune in after mm-hmm. after the live uh, deal and, and watch it there. But uh, we'll see how we do. But yeah, we got that going on. Um, we also have other stuff going on too, though, guys. We have uh, our Rate the Resistance campaign uh, going on uh, for Apple Podcasts. So head over there if you are an iPhone user or use the podcast app for iTunes, uh, which is now Apple Podcasts. Just rate us if you haven't yet. So find our podcast over there. Rate us five stars, hopefully. Uh, leave a review if you'd like. But either way, rating or review, take a screenshot of that and tweet it to us at R-B-A-T-S-W-N-N using hashtag rate the resistance and you'll be in to win one of our variant shirts for Make Solo 2 Happen. The red one that you've been seeing some people tweet that they got theirs. It was only available on Make Solo 2 Happen Day, but you have a chance to win one um uh one of these shirts that you can't buy now so it's pretty cool and and you're helping us out in the process too so win 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 as michael scott famously said in the office um but yeah i think that's is that all that's going on oh the other thing we speaking of shirts right we have uh a new uh design up there right james yeah we have gary the porg um now officially available uh now an update an update, yeah. It's a rework, if you will, of our original Gary design. Um, we thought he was great. Uh, we wanted to bring him back. So uh, we got this version of him. He's cute, right? He's standing there. He's hanging out. It, it's, it's pretty cute. Yeah. It's adorable. Right? Yeah. And I think um, I think this version, too, like really showcases uh, that it's supposed to be an image of Carrie Fisher's Gary. You can see very clearly that is that particular pug. You can see very clearly that he's also in a it's French, French bulldog, bulldog. as well. Yeah. Oh, 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 whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you, I said pug, but you I... You can clearly I, see it's a pug. It's like, wait a minute. It's not a pug at all. T- that's absolutely 100% correct. In my brain, though, I just... All of those dogs are the same. Yeah. <laughs> no. I think a pug's, pug's, pug's the dog can't from... can't breathe. Right. It's like... I think it pugged the dog from Men in Black, right? Wasn't that a pug? Yes. Yeah. It's the little one with the little curly cute. That's a French cute. bulldog, I think. <laughs> no, it's the curly cute. <laughs> I like dogs. Um, but yes, uh, Gary is available on Blue in a, lar- in a large assortment of mm-hmm. options for kids or adults or whatever. Yeah. And uh, um, that's it. That's all we got on Gary. Go check him out, right? Yeah, check him out. Um, and then we hope you guys checked out our episode this past Thursday with uh, Ryan Rucco, Yankees announcer, ESPN mm-hmm. announcer. Um, we kind of, I don't know, I obviously went into that really happy because it was blending two things I love, but like, man, he brought his A game. So I hope everyone got mm-hmm. to check that out because a lot of people responded saying like, wow, such good discussions throughout. And I really felt that. Um, and, uh, you know, his answers that spurned other conversations, I thought it was terrific. So make sure you guys check out our episode from this past Thursday with um, mm-hmm. Yankees and ESPN NBA announcer Ryan Rucco. He was great. And I told him, come back. Come back anytime. Mm-hmm. He did such a good job. Bring oh. my uh, boy Aaron. Just bring him back. 
Come on. <laughs> yeah, bring, bring Aaron Judge onto our podcast. Um, Aaron Judge is probably like, Star Wars is dumb. Um, <laughs> and then the last thing I want to bring up, uh, Eunice camera, Huthar. It would just be his chest here. Yeah. Eunice <laughs> <laughs> um, Huthar got her shirt, James, that uh, you designed for her. That was part of the deal, her coming on, and we made her her bevy shirt, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I... I I don't want to say I threw it together, but it was kind of like a, Hey, you know, we should make you this shirt. And I was like, all right, you know, and kind of use, you know, kind of put it together. I don't know. I, I kind of like it actually. I think it worked. Pretty I well, think she liked it too. She, was, she, she tweeted to be happy with it. Yeah. yeah. So she was really happy. And, and she said, I wasn't, cool. wasn't going to have a bevy. Going to have a bevy. But I got <laughs> yeah. this shirt that says it. So I'm going to have a glass of wine. And she did. So, <laughs> yeah. um, thanks again to Eunice for uh, coming on and being so awesome. And, she was uh, really great. Sharing that. But now it is time to move on to what we do here, and that is discuss Star Wars. And we're going to do that in the Resistance Report. James, what's up? It's the Resistance. Wow. Lots of stuff this week, guys. I'm serious. Like, I'm, I can't even... I don't even think I can count that high on how many things we got to talk about in the resistance report. It is going <laughs> to be a jam-packed news week. No, it's no more than four. It's one, two, three, four, five, right? Oh. Mm. But but then all these different stories are, are a little bit different. Apparently, Lacey can't count to five. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. There, there's, there's a, there's a behind-the-scenes reason on that. So, um, But let's get to our first major story, right? And this dropped on... Uh, what trade was this again, John? Um, StarWarsNewsNet.com. That's right. <laughs> StarWarsNewsNet.com. John, you wrote the story mm-hmm. about the details of Ahsoka's appearance and role in The Mandalorian Season 2. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we've talked about this before. This is this section is going to be kind of spoilery because we have some, uh, you know, exclusive details here about mm-hmm. uh, what she's going to be looking like. But... Um, but if you want to skip ahead, you can skip ahead. But uh, I'm going to just lay it all right now as the article did, which is she's wearing a dark hooded robe, likely gray. Uh, she will have more than just a brief cameo. It will be more than just a brief cameo. Uh, her look aligns with more than uh, more with the end of Clone Wars and less with uh, how she looked at the end of Rebels when she had the white, uh, white with the staff, so it's not going to look so much like that. Um, and she will be igniting a lightsaber, uh, and her lightsaber is, in fact, blue. Uh, but we cannot confirm whether she has two sabers. We're just going to likely speculate that she does. Um, John, mm-hmm. uh, this is your story. Those are the deets, yeah. right? As you used earlier, I just learned that term tonight. Yeah. Uh, give us some more of those deets. Um, I mean, you gave the bullets there. Um, so over the past few months, we've kind of had discussions with people, um, in the know and you gather information and put, put them together. And, uh, what's kind of cool about this story, like you said, you did give the spoiler warning. It doesn't give any kind of stories away about what's going to happen in Mando season two. So people don't have to worry about that. So it really depends on what people are worried about knowing and not knowing. Um, yeah. You know, do you care what a character looks like ahead of time? Do you care about, you know, this or that? But, um, my, you know, my takeaway from it is that she is going to be using a dark gray Jedi robe, um, She's going to probably appear with it on and, you know, fear not. She is going to be taking that hood off and you're going to see those 
uh, horns and the whole deal underneath. It's not going to be a quick in the shadows sort of thing. Um, her role is going to be expanded more than just a brief cameo in this. Um, and what I also find interesting, you know, I was talking to Jordan Pate on Star Wars News about this when we were putting the story together. You know, it's a big deal that she's using a blue lightsaber here because prior she was using the white lightsabers, which indicates that she was not um, aligned with uh, the, the Jedi way. Um, mm-hmm. And now that she's, you know, returning to a blue lightsaber, which we both kind of agreed, and I'll see what you guys think on this, that it's probably a new crystal then. She didn't go back and get those old lightsabers that she left from when Anakin gave them to her at the end of the Clone Wars. So she's kind of returning back her faith to the Jedi religion. And that's a big deal here, especially if uh, this is kind of going to be a springboard into a new show for her. Um, And she's definitely, without a doubt, going to be igniting a lightsaber, which is something that we had debated was going to happen with her in the show. Is she just going to pop Mm -hmm. up in a robe and we're going to see her and she's going to take Tiny and go somewhere? Is she going to have that staff from the end of Rebels? No, she is Ahsoka as you know her. And that brought me to my logical points after gathering all these facts for the story is that they they're going to use this thing, not using Mandalorian as a test run because the Mandalorian is their best product right now. But you are using it for her as a test run with audiences to see how they react to her in live action. And you're going to use everything about her look, her personality, her abilities, her skills, her action so that the whole audience can see that and know whether and they could find out whether or not it's going to work for other projects so you're going to see her use a lightsaber you're going to see her in full action you're going to see how the horns look in live action as opposed to you know we've seen other characters in star wars with those this is a very important character to people you want to get it right make sure it right do they move it well with animatronics are they using some cgi all that sort of stuff and the biggest one does rosario dawson work as Ahsoka Tano. So um, I just think these beats are cool. It doesn't spoil too much for you, but it maybe beefs up the hype train a little bit for Ahsoka, knowing that you're going to get a little more than maybe some people were thinking, and that she may be back to full-on Jedi mode here. Mm-hmm. Well, Lacey, what do you think? Because uh, I know we had talked before, like it was kind of confusing because the last time we saw her in this exact time frame, she looked com- she looked different than what John's reporting. Right. So going back to the earlier point of I'm bad at math, I'm also really bad at timelines, apparently. <laughs> and I get confused <laughs> when things take place. So uh, like John said, it, you know, the big question is like, how did she go from when we last saw her to this point? And if she's mm-hmm. back to a blue lightsaber, how did she get to that point? That's the big question to which my immediate reaction is like, did she meet up with Luke Skywalker at some point? Because... Mm-hmm. He's bringing Jedi back, assumingly, after Return of the Jedi. He's trying to create the new temple that we see eventually in the sequel trilogy. And um, So how did she change her mind? And the only thing to me that would make her change her mind is like a Luke Skywalker or something related to that. So I wonder if he's going to be related or mentioned at all in the explanation of us seeing her the way that she is. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think one of my big like missing moments in Star Wars is is when are we going to see or how are they going to handle Ahsoka and Luke being in a totally free galaxy and and Right. You have brought this up before. To be, yeah. Needing to talk to each other. Right. Like how what is their confrontation like that I just I find it like impossible to believe that they 
oh, you know what we, you know, never I know of paths. him, yeah. never talked to him. Like I just, I just can't buy that. They have to have some sort of confrontation. They could um, work him in by having a, you know, a hologram of his back talking to her. So like you don't see him, but you know it's him from kind of what they say in the the docuseries of Mandalorian where kind of like the silhouettes of characters are what's important that you recognize them from seeing them. Mm. Um, but yeah, going back to the whole thing, which is this is all about Ahsoka, but it's just that lightsaber color is definitely like a big thing. Like how? How did she have a blue lightsaber? And then a little bit of disappointment for me is like when she was in that kind of, we joke here, John says this all the time, like the Gandalf white Ahsoka with like yeah, the gray yeah. hood and everything. What changed? Mm-hmm. You know, that's the big question. Um, but yeah. I guess we'll see. And, you know, two other quick things, James. Uh, you know, this could obviously, you know, the whole flashback thing, that's possible, I guess. But I don't know about that. I don't think so. But um, in Wait, my what dis- flashback? Wait, what? I'm saying you could. You, it, this could this potentially could be, a be a flashback, and we could be seeing them showing us oh, her oh, in oh, that yeah, yeah, the yeah. Clone Wars era. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. but I don't think so. I, I think this I think this so is happening now. Um, the other thing in our discussions with um, our contacts on this, they kind of gave us this vibe that it had a similar feeling of Luke Skywalker in the Last Jedi in the way of like. I'm going to face down the first order with the laser sword thing. And like, she's, she's showing up to like, take care of some business. She's not just, again, popping in with the hood and the the staff thing. Um, Mm -hmm. And maybe that's a mirrored arc that uh, is similar to her former master's son, which could be very interesting parallel. That is Um, interesting. And maybe this, like, like we say, is the springboard to her, getting a new series or something because you don't bring in a talent like rosario dawson for some fan service cameos you know right right james i know you probably have some thoughts on this so (laughs) well um i mean like yeah (laughs) there's a lot um number one i mean she's wearing a dark hooded robe instead of the familiar white well last time we saw her for her wearing the white robe she was getting ready to go on her perilous journey there's no reason to say that you know months later after they've been involved in this big ongoing adventure she's been wearing that hood through rain and mud yeah all sorts of other things so it could still be the same robe just it's likely dark and grayed now because she's had even more um stories behind her more adventures behind her um you know a lot of the stuff you know that you were saying about her comparison to like luke showing up in wrecking shop you know like in uh, that all made sense to me i see her as this the thing about the blue lightsaber that messes me up um ahsoka i i don't care that they they don't go with the white thing although i feel like that would be smart for them to showcase the white sabers in live action right um because then you have the dark saber versus the white one yeah, I mean that that could that could be part of it. I just thought like f- for most people that don't know the dark saber exists, they brought it in and people are like, "What is that?" And now they can show a white lightsaber right. and they're like, "What? Again. What is that?" <laughs> um, but you do blue, it's like, "Okay, we've seen blue." Mm-hmm. You know, it's not mm-hmm. really that big of a deal. Um, but it's familiar. Um, the thing that actually confuses me the most about this is her real lightsabers, the one that she built herself and the ones that when she turned on were attuned to her place in the force were green and that's that's confusing because then she is someone who's tuned in with the force and that is 
that means she's not a knight. She is like a Yoda character. And over the arc, yeah, sure, Anakin messed with them and gave them back, and now they're blue. Okay? So that, you know, whatever. Then she has the red lightsabers from the sixth brother, and she purifies them to white. Okay? That's fine. But then if this lightsaber is, in fact, hers, it shouldn't be blue. Like, if she decided to build a new one and pick it up, then that's fine. And I know Luke's changed. Luke changed from blue to green. Could it be Luke's? Um, but could it be Luke's blue lightsaber? I did con- I did consider that as well. Um, the comics showcase that when he gets his hand cut off and it falls down, a hooded person grabs it. But oh, that's right. A hooded person grabs the lightsaber and they don't reveal who that person is. Could you imagine and the then, person's like, just draw a hooded person where I could tell you who it is. Just draw the hooded person. <laughs> yeah. And then he goes looking for it and he's like, oh, that lightsaber doesn't yeah. mean that much any- yeah. anymore to me because of his father and all this other stuff. I bet it is I his. considered that. Imagine that, it is. That Ahsoka uh, is using the Skywalker saber, And then it ends up with Maz because... At some point, she gives it to Maz. Talk about a story for another time. Oh, my goodness. Well, also, (laughs) I mean, it would be kind of poetic that she's using Anakin's lightsaber, I guess. Yes. Yeah. And it connects it all the stuff together now because then you have that lightsaber in all. I I can't continue without bringing up that your impression of the guy directing orders for the comic team sounded like Mr. Mackey from South Park. (laughs) Just make it it a hood figure. Just make it a hood figure. (laughs) <laughs> Just put a hooded person there. <laughs> All my impressions um, end up sounding like South Park. <laughs> yeah, me too. Usually, my JJ is pretty much yeah. a South Park ripoff. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, <laughs> so I mean, I that that is the majority of my thoughts. Uh, the only other thing that right before we jumped into it, something popped in my head that you know we were talking about her uh, relation to Luke. How did he? How did they not interact? That also goes to show how unlikely it would be that Ahsoka has not also met Ben as well. There's a pretty good chance that um, she would have been around or been involved or known of the fact that Luke had taken on new disciples and other things like that. Depending on when she died. Yeah. Depending on when she died, you're right. But I, I think that Ahsoka would have, would have been or could have been alive at this time, especially. And um, you if there's no fights and no battles, yeah. she's just that's true doing what she's doing. Imagine that crazy though. Going back to the whole comic thing, that everyone goes, "How did she get it?" And then they're like, "Well, go read this comic." Like that's <laughs> yeah. kind of crazy. Well, well, I actually, to be honest with you, I think a lot of the times what these stories do sometimes is they're not like, "Oh, it's the explanation." It's more like. We're going to plant this seed and it's not super important, but somebody who goes back and reads it, they're going to be like, holy crap, Right, Right. we missed this. Like, how did we not put this together? And that that stuff is just as cool, you know? Especially this news of the dark cloak, just kind of like. And, you know, it makes it makes me think now back to trying to trying to connect these dots now from this info here from our article and then i love the other when you stuff. get on these threads where you're like i'm yeah. connecting the dots now so let well, me no i'm just trying to <laughs> like and then the other the other like connecting these this stuff from our story with other stuff that's out there that are facts like Giancarlo sure. esposito saying 
he was breaking these uh, dark sabers, fighting, and he's like having thrashing battles with them. Like, are we gonna see him and Ahsoka just freaking going at it, like just battling? Bet, yeah, you know, because who so. else would it yeah. be? Unless he's they don't fight at all. But you know, she's using a lightsaber in this show. Is it just gonna be one of those things like Darth Maul and Solo, where she lights the thing up and? credits you know or is are we gonna see her fight and i just keep leaning towards we're gonna see everything ahsoka can do because they want to see what audiences think of it and then and that do makes you realize sense that, me, that if it is that. anakin's lightsaber that means that ray eventually gets that lightsaber and she fights with the lightsaber that ahsoka fought with that a lot of people have fought with at this point yeah that would be oh, nuts shoot. like yeah. yeah luke's obviously cool i think but... Lacey's starting to get it <laughs> that would be crazy. Starting but, um, it's this right here. Oh yeah, yeah. No, wait. I can't see that. Well, you yeah. Oh. We run multiple cameras. That's the person. Yeah, that's that's the image. That's interesting. Uh, so it it falls out, and then the person says, and I'm holding it up for the people. There's a close up. It says, "Follow your destiny." Hmm. Imagine the person was like. I am no Jedi. He's like, wait a minute. <laughs> to be continued, it says. I just, so I there don't usually, I feel like James, this is something that you really enjoy is connecting all these different storylines and mediums and all this other stuff. This is the first time that That's I've been That's why like, I would be a good story group member. Sure. I would fully support that. Uh, this is the first time I can honestly tell you that I'm like, what? If this happens, this means that all these things are connected. <laughs> That there was a plan. <laughs> what? Mm, it uh, it ha- it happens. Is this to how me you feel time, all you know? the time, James? <laughs> yeah. Right. Right now, I'm rereading Alphabet Squadron in order to get ready for the next book that's coming up. Sure. And Shadowfall? Alphabet Squadron has comic. Yeah, yeah. Has comic tie-ins as well with the Tie Fighter story that was all about Shadow Wing and all this other stuff. So I'm. I'm navigating between new book, old book, comic, and all these characters that are involved there. And, you know, it's so funny. It's like, these are all good stories. And people are just like, I wish they had new Star Wars. And it's like, just because they're in the Empire doesn't mean these aren't all new <laughs> characters. You know, it's yeah. like, it's a totally different story, unique perspective. And th- on this all is, of it, but this is if that is yeah. Ahsoka. No. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I'm yeah, just I mean, saying if it ends up crazy being speculation, her- but. I'm gonna be like, what? Like, watch it was yeah. just Maz, and just like, because we talked about yeah. that comic a little bit, and we were both like, we were all like, oh, it could be anybody, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But now, if it's this, I mean, even that's if it was so Maz, crazy. it's still connective, and that's crazy no, yeah. that she was there. But I feel like you know, Ahsoka's yeah. different though, because if she's fighting with it, that means Ray then eventually fought with the same lightsaber. Yeah, but are yeah, you not? Are as you not Luke as Anakin yeah, as Ahsoka? It, it's like yeah. Well, I don't understand why Ahsoka is like the the amazing part of that. Because I don't see Ahsoka and Rey interacting at all. And we always talk about this. This would be them somewhat interacting with each other. We know Rey meets Luke and hangs out with Luke. We never see... Yeah, and and if you never put those two things together, you're like, when you do see it, you're going to be like... Oh yeah! I, I just like, all right. I just, this is just the most put excited those pieces together. We're in the same okay. time. Just I just excited. don't want to. I just don't want to blur the no, facts yeah. of this report that okay. we did with speculation. <laughs> Nation temporal. John, run down the facts one more time so people know what. Because then they're gonna be true. like, "Oh, the Resistance broadcast yeah. put out this article where they said that Ahsoka got the lightsaber from the trash bin." 
Absolutely not. Speculation. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Don't run with I'm it. I'm a trash bin. <laughs> so. Jeez. <laughs> no, John, go ahead. One more time. Run down what the... So we can go on to the next topic. I mean, you go, I to the, like go to the... First of all, go to the article starwarsnewsnet.com and get all the of information course. there. Um, and But uh, yeah, so the info is that Ahsoka is going to be wearing a dark gray Jedi looking robe. Uh, she will not have the hood on the whole time. She will be have it on and also then eventually remove it. So you'll see the exact aesthetic of all of her horns and you'll probably get a season two documentary on how the things move and all that cool stuff. Um, she's going to have more than a brief cameo. She will be igniting and using a lightsaber. That has been a highly debated thing, whether or not she would or not. Um, so, and she looks more like she did at the end of, uh, Clone Wars than she does at the end of Rebels, even though the Rebels, uh, is more close to the timeline and the significance of the lightsaber being blue, uh, meaning that she may have, um, re her allegiance to the Jedi way. Uh, and that... Yeah, that's pretty much it. We, and that we can't we can't confirm that she definitely has two lightsabers, but we think um, that that is the case as usual. Now my report is. All right. <laughs> there you go kidding. again. Let's kidding. run down I'm the facts kidding. one more time. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. You know how people do um, these things. They're gonna say that's that. I'm telling you. They're gonna. You could say just say it. that Lacey at Lacey Gillerin said false information. It's the post <laughs> Yeah. All right. Um, well, let's talk about some of these other stories. Uh, one of which is last Thursday, we got the announcement of the, from a certain point of view strikes back novel. Um, you know, this is the same thing as from a certain point of view, the original book that we got, uh, you know, on the 40th anniversary of the original star Wars. This is the 40th anniversary of the empire strikes back doing a very similar thing here. 40 different, uh, authors, 40 different stories, uh, likely going to be 40 different characters and their perspectives on the situations, but it's going to be kind of a retelling of the empire strikes back from those characters perspectives chronologically. It's all we can assume because right now they haven't told us who's involved other than you can kind of speculate based on who's been, (laughs) Teasing it, right? Hyping it. Um, yeah, Lacey, any any thoughts on this book? Or it, did you read the first from a certain point of view? Are you excited about this one? I'm kind of iffy. So I read a couple of the stories. I have it. It's behind me. You can't really see it. But mm-hmm. I have the same version that John has, which I think was the New York Comic Con exclusive, right? Um, yep. I I thought it was okay. I It's just, you know, it is what it is. Am I excited about this? Yeah, sure. I'll read more stories and different points of view. Um, I, my one critique is I feel like in the past year, maybe year and a half, there's been a lot of teases and hyping of books. And I feel, feel like sometimes they hype it too much. Mm -hmm. And then that takes away from the actual announcement because people are expecting one thing and then get let down that it's not the thing they think it is. And that goes back to these conversations we constantly have about fan expectations. I think that's my one critique. And I would just kind of. If I had to give some advice, I'd be like, hey, maybe don't don't hype it so much. Like, let it just be its own thing. Like, it doesn't need that, like, secretive GIF tweet. Yeah. And it's, sometimes it's not always their fault. Sometimes it's, like, scoop writers and trade writers. Sure, sure. Who, who tease something without have, being under the umbrella of publishing that cover all of Star Wars. And they're like, 
some news coming tomorrow and everyone's like, we're getting the Ryan Johnson trilogy. We're getting the Taika title. Yeah. We're getting this. J- JJ's coming back. Oh, yeah. he is. That sucks. No, it's cool. It's like all this stuff. And then it's like, uh, we're coming out with a comic um, in six years. And yeah. So be- the thing I think with that is, and this kind of goes on to the responsibility of the people that work at those trades is like, even though you're not saying what it is and you're abiding by that embargo, like you're kind of not because you're saying something before they actually get to announce it themselves. Like I feel like a lot of people announce things or do these little teases to get retweets or likes or clout or whatever. And it takes away from the actual announcement of the people that have been working hard at said content. And that's what I see it as is like, okay, you're just literally scooping them. You're, you're ruining the announcement. I mean, part uh, also too, but the, a lot of this is coming from the writers too. Right. Like, Gary Wood in this case was saying, "Hey, there's some news coming. Stay tuned." And then he's like, "It's happening tomorrow." And then he's like, "Today." I think that's a mistake and too. It's like because he's like kind of leading the charge. Gary Wood is involved with Rogue One. There's a Cassian Andor show coming. Sure, sure. So it's also partly, you know, the the people who are involved that are also kind of teasing and, and causing people to speculate on stuff that isn't exact isn't exactly happening. I so. like the cover. I'm pumped. like I love that it's Yoda. I think mm-hmm. that's a great choice. Yeah. This the the original book to me was like I, I was like pumped on it. I was like, that's cool, it's gonna be whatever. Uh, or it's going to be exciting. And at the end of it, I just kind of thought it was whatever because I, I could barely make it through. Like um, a lot of the characters and stories I just don't care about. Like it really is like, I, I praise like, you know, everybody has a story, but sometimes it's like, it really is just like that background guy who's standing there and he doesn't have anything interesting. It's like, so I woke up this morning and I went to the place and I was like, Oh, I work for the empire. That's a good thing. That's I do my duty. That's I'm my like, buddy. I don't care about these characters. They literally like it's interesting, but it's only interesting in like the like thumbnail. Like it's here. If anybody wants to read it thing. Right. Or um, it goes it's into a database at that point. Right. And it goes into characters explaining things that like, kind of like what you're saying is like, don't need explanation so like the bad motivator droid like we didn't need to know that he like sacrificed himself like i don't know you mean like to me do you mean like a sand trooper on tatooine getting crotch itch from riding on a dewback is that what you mean (laughs) Uh, to me the the biggest thing that comes yeah (laughs) to me the biggest thing that came out of that was the uh obi-wan and qui-gon force ghost reunion thing sure because we're still using that as like an example of what force ghost can do and the other thing that everybody forgets about is at the very end they say they talk about how the wills exist and way 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 in the future r2 is still around retelling the story of star wars and so it has a hundred percent guaranteed r2 will never die is it um they consider this canon right Yes. yes. So, I, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of these either. Um, and I'm probably, I really not going to be a fan because Empire is my favorite movie, and I don't want it to be like, you never really understood how this story is, or it's, you know. And, it and I know that's kind of crotchety. No, it does because you have a connection with it. I know it's a crotchety like 
that's the way it was and that's how we liked it sort of thing like Dana Carvey <laughs> on SNL but mm-hmm. um, old man yells at cloud but really you know the one that bothered me the most from the first one was Yoda like saying like we wanted to train Leia not Luke and it's like what it's like that changes oh, yeah, everything sure. like th- that's yeah. just I don't like that I'm sorry that's that's strange to me and that's that's like really t- like did George Lucas say that was cool because that's a big deal and you're putting it in this book next to a story about a stormtrooper getting crotch itch from riding on a dewback it's like George is like on. it's poetry it ri- what the hell I didn't approve yeah he's this. like I, no I, that's not how it went I don't <laughs> I don't mind that story as much like I could have seen that would have been a discussion that they had but the thing that I don't like about it is the way that it lines up in the movie where apparently if Obi-Wan and Yoda had this discussion then why would Obi-Wan be like there's literally nobody else and Yoda would reply with no there is another there's another right. it like it doesn't he wouldn't say that he would be like there's still Leia or there's still the other one. Right. Remember, Remember that, that conversation we had 10 we had? minutes ago? <laughs> right. Yeah, it's just that it, the wording doesn't make sense anymore because we know that they have discussed this. Uh, the, uh, to summarize that, it's not new information to Obi-Wan. Sure. Right. In the movie, when you just watch the movie, it's new information to Obi-Wan. No. Right. Just like actually, you. Yeah, like the, fun the, fact, the audience. There like, is another. I, I see these books as like fun like fables or like like some of them are a little oh, like red myths and fables like <laughs> like deleted scenes they happened not even deleted scenes because sometimes people are like well it's, it's still can and they just didn't show it but it's like mm. i don't know how to explain it but it's almost like some of these are just told because they're clever like it's mm-hmm. like oh man imagine if, remember that that one thing that was in that scene everyone ignores like let's give that a let's give that an arc mm-hmm for six pages like i just think yeah i just think it's supposed to be fun for anybody who wants to look but it's that whole damn canon thing it's like now this is the gospel of star wars crotch itch to to be 100 percent fair and i know somebody's probably already yelling at the radio but like i think that they did say that all of these stories are canon from a certain point of view. Well, that's yes. like Matt Martin always says that. He's like, there's no So canon. they He's are smart. canon if you want them to be, or they're loose, or maybe there's a maybe they're a retelling of a story that somebody heard, so maybe it's not all canon. And I think they kind of just play with that. Like if some, some Star, Wars, Star Wars fans like, did you know that um, Yoda really wanted to train Leia and not Luke? And someone's like, no. Like, it just doesn't, no need to go, like, I don't know. You get my They're point. like, says who? And they're like, says this book? And they're like, oh, f- maybe from a certain point of view. Right. All right. Yeah. Um, all right. Next story is that the Mandalorian is bringing in extraction director and Marvel veteran Sam Hargrave. Uh, he's going to be directing certain segments in uh, Mandalorian season two as a second unit director. So um john what do you know about this story um do you know much about uh sam i don't no lacy do you know more about this guy i saw the so i watched the trailer for extraction extraction uh words um on netflix it came up as something suggested for me after i was watching 
and I was like, oh, let me see what this is about. Netflix is always wrong on those. They're like, you might want to watch this. I'm like, no. Well, I saw Chris Hemsworth, and I was like, oh, what is this? And then it was like, Russo <laughs> Brothers. And I was like, oh, let me keep watching. Um, it's like a crazy war movie where this guy's trying to protect this kid. And it's, it's very... I heard it's good. It's very interesting, though. It's like it. The Mandalorian, where he's supposed to go do something. Mm-hmm. And then he gets it, finds it out it's a kid, and then he changes his mind yeah. and he protects the kid. I was like, so. And he and he, it's like him versus everybody else, yeah. right? Oh, Similar cool. to the Mandalorian, so that yeah. would make sense that it then would. But I think he's just very good at uh, action sequences, which is what he says in the interview of, you know, they needed someone to do action, so they brought me in. It was very cool. Yeah. He talks about the volume, which I feel like. It's just like a no-brainer. If someone asks how it was, like you're gonna talk about that because it's just so like crazy awesome. Um, yeah. And the mm-hmm. way that he talked about how it's gonna change things just got me super excited because you know it's just gonna keep budgets down for more content because that's always the bottom line. Unfortunately, with a lot of these projects, is how can we make money but save money and not spend a lot of money, um, yeah. but also keep yeah. pushing content and be creative. Um, and then again, it's very interesting that they keep pulling people from Marvel. I get it. Marvel is a powerhouse. It makes sense that they would do that. It's just very interesting to me that one by one you see these Marvel people coming over. And I don't know if that's John Favreau because he started the MCU, that he's just pulling people over. He's making those connections. Mm. Is it a Disney thing? Um, or is it just people that like Marvel most likely like Star Wars too? Because he made it sound yeah. like he was like, oh, I was having a conversation. They were doing stuff. And they called me over. I said, sure, why not? And that seems like all the people that are involved with The Mandalorian have very similar conversations with John Favreau. Where they're like, oh, I was at a pizza shop. And he walked in and was like, hey, you want to come over and hang out with The Mandalorian set? And they're like, yeah, sure. And then they show up and they're directing an mm-hmm. episode. I got to go to L.A. and hang out at more pizza shops. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the LA's. pizza probably won't be great, but. I um. um oh, yeah. Go ahead, James. Well, I was going to say, I, I actually want to give a shout out because we, we started at the beginning of the episode saying that we're getting ready to go on Lights, Lights Camera Barstool, right? Sure. Um, I'm a listener of their podcast, and they had Sam on the show uh, two, two, um, two months ago, so, somewhere around uh, the beginning or, or the early eras of pandemic, but uh, when his movie was about to come out. And even on the episode, they said, you just did second unit directing for The Mandalorian. You know, what can you tell? what can you tell us and stuff and he says that john favreau brought him in specifically because they wanted to up the action on uh season two which is really cool um but this guy i mean this guy knows what he's talking about man because this is someone who worked um as he says in the interview i went back and re-listened to it again he worked under david leach and he worked under chad stahelski which are um very very well-known stunt stunt people stunt coordinators uh and then moved into directing uh chad stahelski is behind the john wick franchise um and that gets massively praised for all of the action that they do and he he is like he learned under these people and uh uh extraction which originally was supposed to be a david leach movie and he took over and but but all of the the stunt stuff that he has done has been really his connection to uh marvel mm-hmm. like we were talking about mm-hmm. marvel he is the um the stunt double for uh chris evans he is captain america in all of the movies he is the stunt double that's so cool um so he has been very heavily involved in all those movies including infinity war and uh end game and 2020 is the year of the Russo. stunt double 
yeah worked with the russo brothers and and learned all of this stuff you know from them as well so i um just as someone who had this movie come out on netflix good good movie that is getting buzz and it's full of action and you know he's very heavily involved he's coming in to up the ante and up the action in uh mandalorian yeah good pick right yeah i think he's probably working with deborah chow because she's the one that's always talking about how she likes to shoot action and that's what she really enjoys. I could see them that's teaming up together. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I didn't see how much he's involved in terms of episodes if he was brought in for the full gamut, um doing second unit work, which means he's working with uh the two stuntmen. It seemed like Brendan. a couple. It didn't seem like the full thing from what I read. Did it say yeah, that? I, I don't know. I mean, he he said out of his own mouth that uh, that Favreau brought him in to up the ante in season two, up the action ante. So that makes me think that it's not like just one episode. Yeah, right, that's, right, right. Probably spread over a few. A couple, right. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I, I'm not sure, you know, his involvement obviously, but the fact that they feel the need to up the action is interesting. You obviously have a lot more characters coming in. We're constantly hearing new actors coming in. What roles are they going to be playing? So it sounds like this is going to be one of those situations where it's like. It's just bigger and better in season two for The Mandalorian. Um, and then the other thing that fly, kind of flies under the radar, he was like, yeah, I know Baby Yoda's name. <laughs> did, did he say that? Yeah. I didn't see that in the... Oh, man. I and didn't see that either. He said... Um, he's like, it is excruciating to, to keep this secret. Aw. So... so which, which reminds me of... Uh, so we know it's happening. Reminds me of... Is that- remember... Um, Yoshi saying like knowing the existence of Baby Yoda and now we know that but they they've said even in season one what's his name Carl Weathers was like yeah he has a name (laughs) I like that you chose the phrase what's his name you were like they said in season one what's his name (laughs) no right yeah I forgot Carl Weathers name I'm like that is what they said what's his name no so it's it hasn't been it's there's no secret that it has a name but for whatever reason they're being Mm. deliberate on its reveal yeah now be now him uh Sam Hargrave working in season two and saying he knows the name does he know that because he was on set and there's just chatter about it or does he know because he was involved in it and they are going to reveal it in season two I mean we just are we're watching the gallery right now and on the gallery they're like the baby yeah, it, it, like is Ahsoka gonna be like Tom? Let's be like, that's it. <laughs> yeah. I think they're gonna re- reveal the name, and that's why the you know besides the Christmas timing and everything, I bet the packaging for those toys coming out in December are gonna have its name on it. Which means they're gonna be leaked out on Reddit. Bump bump. All right, ending that on a <laughs> bummer note. <laughs> We're talking a lot of Mandalorian tonight because also the company uh, Image Engine, they revealed a sort of making of the Mandalorian and all of the things that they worked on. They put it into this like demo reel, if you will, and put it out there on Vimeo for people to check out. Uh, Lacey, I'm going to start with you on this one or John. I don't know. I kind of I kind of tossed I tossed the last one to Lacey. Go for it, John. Well, I don't, John, you're up first on this one. What do you think about the the I, graphics? I don't have a lot parts? on this. It's it's a. Mm-hmm. I think what I liked best about the video is it was short. I appreciate that yeah. very much. Uh, and also, it had the main theme of the Mandalorian yes. playing, and I always love that. Uh, when you hear those those two notes, I get chills. I get I get mm-hmm. jazzed. I get fired up. Like I listen to that song to get fired up. Like just 
I got to go out and mow the lawn. Let me like put on Creed. the theme of the Mandalorian and let's go. Like Spotify. Rocky. Yeah. <laughs> You're riding your mower to the Mandalorian theme. <laughs> yeah. I should, maybe I should film it and splice in the audio and just post that on like Patreon. Me mowing. I'll wear extra high tube socks that day. This is my favorite part. Right. Um. Oh yeah, one yeah, one time I was doing leaf blowing and I was like kind of doing a little bit of a sips the tea type of video on Twitter because people were doubting oh, yeah, us and BSR yelling. reporting about the trailer date. And I was like, No, I think I you were wasn't it? Was it? The, oh yeah. It was yeah, the trailer yeah. date, I think. I was like, I guess there's a trailer coming out tomorrow. <laughs> and I was blowing leaves <laughs> in my driveway. I should do the mower thing. I should ride in the mower with the Mandalorian theme. But I feel no, like you said you were also talking about how people said you got paid by Disney or something. Oh, I had a lot of Disney money. Yeah, yeah. as I'm using my uh, battery-operated <laughs> uh, leaf blower from Black and oh, Decker. Yeah, leaf yeah. blower. Black and Decker, sponsor our podcast. Um, no, I, it's cool seeing these layers come in. And it's like one of those things like when you guys do designs for the podcast and stuff, you're like, how does that look? I'm like, that looks awesome. And then you're like, oh, it's not done yet. Here, here, this is the final version. I'm like, whoa, that looks awesome. So like <laughs> when I see that thing and they're literally l- throwing the layers in and I'm like, wow, that looks so cool. Whoa, that looks really cool. Whoa, there's rivets on that thing. It's it's cool to see how they can do all that, especially this day and age where it's really cool to be retro and talk about sets and practicality and all that stuff uh, and just see how much of these environments are really digital and not just the volume display, which has a fully realized image, they're showing you how that they're layering these things to give these actual objects, these walls, these people, these buildings, a true like uh, blueprint and architectural aesthetic to make it mm-hmm. real and make it work in terms of ratios, proportions, and everything. It's not just like when you go to, I think it's like Hollywood Studios and Disney World, and you see like New York, and it's just like the background is just like that's a 2D. not there anymore. Well, if it's you now went, Galaxy's Edge. it would be like a cardboard cutout of like Manhattan. But if you go to sure. the side, mm-hmm. it's just a sure. piece of cardboard. On this, they're like, no, we're doing the whole deal, even though you're not going to see any of it. They're probably putting elevators in these things, and you're never going to see it. So I don't know. All that stuff's pretty cool. And then the 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 flying Mandos being uh, fully CG, I thought was really cool. Like I did not. Right, yeah. Expect that at all. I thought that was That was very cool. Yeah. Not guys so on wires. Yeah. <laughs> I thought they were <laughs> yeah. stunt guys dropping in cuz I did too. Yeah. Maybe it's like half and half where it's like digital and then when they're on the ground it's a guy. But it doesn't surprise me because John Favreau did Iron Man and they're very much, you know, similar Iron Man. I just want to know cuz John Favreau pl- pr- uh, plays pre Vizsla. Is that Yes. He does the voice. He does the voice of the the Vizsla in this too, and mm-hmm. I just I, I part of me wants to see John Favreau in a Mando suit. Yeah, <laughs> his little, yeah like, that would be fun. His little big body, his little big body, his big body with the helmet on, just you know, that's I, I want to see that. I want to see that. That would be fun. That would be interesting. Lacey, what were your thoughts on the the demo reel? I love when ILM releases these. I know this is an ILM, but like when companies release these the process because i think it really opens people's eyes of how much work goes into these projects and how Mm -hmm. much time and effort and talent i mean speaking to yoshi vu like how much time it took him to do things and the little moments like he's saying like oh the light here i had to work on it and then i pass it to someone else and then they work on this part 
Um, I find this stuff extremely interesting because I don't know anything about it besides, uh, you know, what I can read about it or see videos like this. Um, but seeing the blurg like be rotated and it shows you all the different lighting that they put on it so that they can then have it in the environment and different lighting types and it has like the different textures and um you know in my day job we have a couple people that do 3d environments and they have to build every texture of those environments so like john said when you see them layered one after one after like the other um it shows you from the ground up what they're building it's just crazy that it starts from like you see this big street on this planet and you're like wow it goes on forever and then it actually only is like a little square block Mm -hmm. and it's just nuts but yeah i just appreciate it so much because of i know how much like work skill knowledge talent passion that goes into these things and oftentimes they kind of get a little overlooked because we're just so used to seeing them now yeah and and I think when we we talked about this one for the Rise of Skywalker when it came out and sure. you brought up the same point, it just showcases how much hard work goes into what they do. And I came back with the opposite of that, and I was like, sometimes I think these videos are like, yeah, all you got to do is just throw this layer oh, on yeah, yeah, and throw yeah. this and that. Yeah. yeah, no, that's a good point um, though. As it's an interesting thing because I I would say if there was one thing that bothered me about this is I was like it's you know it's yay long I would rather it be twice as long and then they spread out showcasing each scene like a time lapse of drawing felt, and stuff. Well, I I just felt like I was like okay, play pause, put play pause. You like yeah, trying to like yeah, stop yeah. it and see everything that mm-hmm. they added. I was like I want to look and see this frame and see how it's different from the last frame. Um, I almost feel like it should be like A and B and then B moves over and C comes up so I can see like the next or step. some text and show I, you what I, was done. I could pause it and look at the two compared, but instead they just like overlay it. Right. And it's like now it's like, well, the, the last one's gone. So in, if you didn't see the chain, I don't know. It's, it, it's, it was more like one of I those. Think it's, I think it's cool. And I love the way that it is because I think it's just supposed to be for the masses. And they just kind of throw it all together. And you'll be like, look how many different layers. And I think it's for things awards. That we did to this. That's the yeah, point. No, it is. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But the music, though, John's completely right. As soon as the music kicks on, I'm like, I don't care what they're showing. Did it. No, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Um, well, then, is that it for that? Because we yeah. got one more thing to talk about. Yeah. The last thing is Jedi Temple Challenge, right? Uh, Ahmed Best is back and better than ever, right? He uh, has now officially launched his new show as producer and host. Um, but uh, the Jedi Temple Challenge debuted uh, last week on Wednesday on the Star Wars Kids YouTube channel. Um, Lacey, what did you think of this? Uh, do Did you watch the first two episodes i didn't watch both the first two i watched the first one and um Mm -hmm. i'm going to probably watch the second one by the time this comes out but uh i've seen the first one and this show i would have died if this existed when i was little like this show is everything that i grew up to which was uh legends of the hidden temple and guts and you know video nick video arcade and those type Mm -hmm. of shows that are like a combination of physical challenges and then also knowledge-based and then you're adding in star wars um i thought it was super fun i get super competitive as a person like that's just how i'm built so like when i'm watching these shows and i'm seeing these kids fail i'm like what are you doing and i get like really annoyed (laughs) i'm like 
<laughs> Tommy, stop laying down on the platform. Obviously, go the other way and you won't fall off. Like, you know. But Poor Tommy. It's just, it's fun to see. It's like laying back. Like That's what I was saying. Like, stop, what Go forward. Back. What are you doing? Um, I just... <laughs> It's it's really cool to see kids getting engaged with Star Wars at an age that I know it kind of made me who I am. That taught me mm-hmm. different, uh, you know, lessons and values and kind of built me as a person, you know. That's what Star Wars did for me. So it's cool to see people have and, and kids have that engagement. Ahmed Best is amazing. He is such a good host. He's so funny. He's um, really, like, noble and, like, regal, and I love that. Like, he has that, like, kind of, like, air of, like, I'm a Jedi. And mm-hmm. sometimes I feel like uh, when you see, especially in the parks, some people, like, posing as Jedis, they're just like, hey, I'm Mark, and I'm a Jedi. And you're like, Ugh. Like, he embodies that character. And as we've learned from him, like, he made up backstories and all this other stuff. Um, the droid is a little much at times. I think it's because it's a kid's show. They have to have that character that's, like, over the top. And we've talked about this before with, like, Resistance has those characters that are, like, whoa, 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 like, crazy moments. And you're, like, okay, this is a kid's show. I have to remember this. Um, The one thing I also noticed was there are definitely some Galaxy's Edge tie-ins here. So in the bin, when they're digging through the bin for items, there's, like, dolls from Galaxy's Edge and then the end when they make the lightsabers, that's very much what the experience looks like from Galaxy's mm-hmm. Edge where they're making lightsabers. And I was like, man, Disney's looking to make that money because you know kids are going to go sure. to Galaxy's Edge. They're going to have this specific one. But like, how cool is that as an experience? Like, You see it on TV, you see the lightsaber, and then they're like, now you can become one of the Jedi Knights from Jedi Temple. And <laughs> yeah. Like, and they got to do it too. Like it's like going to the set, the show in a way. Yeah. Don't have a chance to be on our game show. Yeah. Give me two hundred and fifty dollars, <laughs> and you could experience what it's like. It's two hundred. <laughs> but anyway, uh, overall, I just thought it was super, super fun, and I wish this existed when I was younger. I would have loved to do it, even though I probably wouldn't have been on it. But I, w- I could dream. Yeah. yeah. John, do you have any thoughts on Jedi Temple Challenge? So I didn't watch um, the whole thing. I watched <gasps> the beginning of the first episode, and then, but I, I I purposely skimmed to try to find the spots where Ahmed Best was doing monologues and like talking and explaining things because I wanted to see how he was, like Lacey so was good. saying. Yeah. And I thought he did a really good job. I thought he was very good with the kids and kind of telling them they lost, but in a way that was positive. Like yes. I, I was, I was gonna note that too. Is that he said, you know, you didn't lose. You, your journey continues, and we may see you. Back we may see training. you before this is all over, or go back to the yeah. Jedi training thing. And he Except does the Tommy. hand motion, and yeah, Tommy so doesn't he, get to go back. Yeah, <laughs> Tommy gets kicked. So he did a. I thought he did a great job uh, in in terms of the hosting. But I'll admit, I didn't watch the whole thing. I do think it's great for kids. I think I'd be right in my wheelhouse if I was a kid, just like it was with like Double Dare and all that other stuff all the slides um, I, and the foam pits and oh it's so cool yeah I, i'd be all over it and uh i think kids are gonna like it one thing i found a little concerning though was the view count was not very good when i last checked it like the first episode was like sixty-five thousand views and the second episode was only like seventeen thousand. i wish they put and, this on disney plus i feel like it would do very well on there 
Well, I don't know. Yeah, I may may have done worse. They um, they probably felt that you know they tested in reviews and they don't think that it would they did that it did that well. So they would rather give it to a wider audience or put it on Disney Channel. And again, this is one of those. Well, they, then you got to pay. You got to get involved with the advertisers and and do all that Synergy. stuff. Yeah. Um, but it's one of those things that you can watch any time. It's not like oh you yeah. you need to watch. Jedi yeah. Challenges Episode One before Season Two comes out. So this is something that kids can watch, and it could like it could be a slow burn. It's not something. Well, we got to check yeah. the numbers on this because we only have so much space on YouTube. We got to you know. So I think it takes pressure off the show by putting it in this platform. It takes pressure off Ahmed Best. Obviously, they didn't want to put Ahmed Best in a situation where he's going to fail or get flack from people. I think this is a safe thing. It's a fun mm-hmm. thing. It's great for kids. It's perfect for him to be redeemed in the eyes of Star Wars fans. Maybe the people who were 35, 40 when The Phantom Menace came out and were lashing out at this guy because their kid's franchise was ruined by this lizard CGI character now have kids and their kids are watching this guy be their Jedi. I think that's a beautiful thing. Um, and maybe it makes those people rethink how they treated him. He's come a long way. Like this whole underlying thing about this guy is he went through dark times, like really dark times. He almost killed himself. And now here he is back playing a Jedi, producing this show. Um, he got a rousing ovation at Star Wars Celebration. So I think the show being good, it, like I said last week, is just like a cherry on the Sunday for the story for this guy. I do want to, I, I probably will go back and watch them um, just to soak in the full episode so I can understand what it's all about and compare it to the, the shows I it's liked as a kid. It's very much Legends but, of the Hidden Temple, like with the and story I, and, and the quizzing. And, the, and I, yeah. I and I figured that, but it's also just a good thing to see them focusing on the fact that Star Wars is for families it's and for is for kids. kids. Yeah. Um, because yeah. there's constantly people saying they want to edge up Star Wars and make it grittier, make it more, you know, uh, I don't know, not sexual, but... Make it more adult, and it, that's not what it's about. It's never going to be about that. And when you can draw in the next generation of young kids to like Star Wars fans, that's how you keep a franchise alive. That's how you keep it vital. That's how you keep it going. Um, so for, for for all that stuff, I, I think it's good. Um, I mean, some cheer, kids could cheers grow to Ahmed up. Best, honestly. Really. Yeah, absolutely. And I think some kids could grow up with Ahmed Best being their Jedi. Like that's awesome. Like, or their Mark Summers at the very least, and that's awesome. Yes, but I'm saying like some kids that might not be into Star Wars might come across it and then really have fun with it. And then he's the Jedi that brings them in. Like, that's really awesome. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I, I love the show. Um, I, I think he, he did really good. But um, the, I love my favorite part was the, uh, by the way, how much, well, what's in those bags? And he goes, the bags are empty. Yes, yeah, I'm I am controlling the weight of the bag. <laughs> I literally so laughed he hates out loud. Tommy. I was like, <laughs> so, "Wait, was what like, was this now?" He didn't... said he was using the force to to make the bags heavy. So one of the things they do is they have to have these weighted bags and they have to climb over something. And then uh, the droid said, by the way, what's in those bags? And he's like, the bags are empty. I am controlling the weight of the bags. Because were the bags empty? And it's just like, no. it's funny because we clearly know that he's not. And that's that's the but best part But kids don't know it, that. Think, yeah. Yeah. And they're like, that's pretty good. Yeah, he's using the, he just hated Tommy. That's good. <laughs> yeah. It felt, it felt like a dad joke. Like yes. the, da- the kid's trying to ask a serious question and he's like, like the daddy monster will get you. <laughs> oh, that's cool. <laughs> but it was yeah, it was really well done. I did laugh. And at I that think part. the the greatest thing that I I take away from the show is that 
it, it the show's obviously not for me. We've said that a million times, but my two really close friends are on that show. And I love watching it because my friend Ahmed Best, who I feel like I know because of all of the things not revolving around the show, but everything else about his life, and now he gets to do the show, I feel like I'm watching it just because my friend Ahmed Best is on the show. I don't know him, but that's how I feel, right? Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's everybody in our age is only watching it to see how he handles. and, And when he tells jokes, you're like, Oh, I get it. You're funny. You're a good guy. Um, and I'm watching it just because you're my friend. The other friend that's on the show is Star Wars. And the way that they toy with this, like the um, the dark side, like coming in and mm-hmm. messing up the challenge and stuff. And they have the option. <laughs> and it's <laughs> Sam Witwer is the yes. voice of the evil Jedi. Oh, really? Jedi. Yeah. yeah. And so like they... They're doing a challenge, John, I know you didn't finish it, but like they're doing a challenge and then if at a point Sam comes in and he says, just press the button and you can skip this challenge. But like, oh, I totally hit the it button. becomes harder for him down the line yeah. uh, if they do that, but they could use the dark side. I was like, don't do it. Don't press it. I know, but, but, then, <laughs> but then even after that, I was like, this is the perfect way to handle like the dark side and the temptation and all this because the they're like putting things together and, and Sam's going, you're doing it wrong. Those pieces don't go together. And they're like, they have to fight with a, a literal voice pounding down cheating. on them, telling about, they're doing the wrong yeah. thing. So basically this is a different version of Willy Wonka's chocolate factory. <laughs> kind of. Okay. With legends of the hidden temple. Yeah. But right. the like, walks, like, walk out and like roll you out. Like, but like uh, the evil, the evil voice is no, also that. Like, well, I thought you, I thought you meant more like, uh, Slugsworth. No, I mean like like oh. be in my factory, but don't do the wrong thing because then it'll get worse for you. If you do the right thing, you'll make it onto it's, the elevator. Yeah, and, it's similar. It, it's the idea that oh, George yeah. is like, you know, the dark side is like cheating, cutting corners, temptation, temptation. Yeah. Right. and that's yeah. what this and is. And I, I feel like they handle that very well. That's cool. And like the way they're like playing into it is Just I'm like, the okay, this is Star Wars dumbed down, but like yeah. in a really good <laughs> like wholehearted way That's cool. so yeah. like i said it's 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 your two friends and you're only watching it just to see how star wars handles the kids show and how ahmad best handles I want, a the lot of our show. listeners have uh kids that probably are right in the wheelhouse of this show so i want to know in the comments if they've watched yeah. it and what they think too one last i thing. also want to know if oh. all of these kids are now officially canon like i could look up the oh Wikipedia please they're page. not they're not they're not <laughs> Uh, but they became official Padawans and Jedi Knights, oh, right? Boy. But one All last right. thing on this: the uh, in the ship when they do the engineering challenge, where they do like they tell you the story and you have to remember, uh, you know, what yeah. color was this? What? How many things were there? Um, I was like, how did these kids do this? Yeah, it's Legends of the Hidden Temple where they do the story and you do the step down. Yeah. Uh, but what made me kept laughing with the two kids on the headsets they're next to each other right and they could clearly hear the other person so there were a couple times yeah, that they I were cheating that a little bit but Ooh. then also when they just kept being like we got this we got this we got this just yeah. get it right we got this and then they would like if they got it wrong they just be like Ugh. like they were like making no- <laughs> yeah <laughs> it made me laugh so hard because like- i was doing it at home i was like 
I have expected those kids to randomly curse. Like, because, yes. <laughs> like, they'd be like, this next question is for the engineers or whatever. And the kids are like, crap. <laughs> or like that one kid kept getting it wrong and the other kid was like carrying the team. I thought he was going to be like, come on, Braden, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Carrying the team. Um, anyway. Well, that that is probably the longest resistance report we've ever done. Yeah. Mm, so, Lacey, what's up next? Up next is our Patreon pod race. So, our Patreon pod race is where our generals from patreon.com slash resistance broadcast get to be a part of the show. Um, so, there's a lot of different ways you can support us. You can like this video, con- comment, subscribe, follow us on Twitter at R-B-A-T-S-W-N-N. But if you want more from us, more content uh, with mini episodes, polls, mailings, etc., you can head over to patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. We actually recorded a mini episode the other day that was pretty much an extra episode, so... Just keep that yes. in mind. Um, so before we get into this, I want to give a quick shout out. Thank you to our generals, which are Carmelo, Andrew Staley, Jeremy Myers, Neil Shaw, David Probus, John Reese, Micah Harrison, Tampa Movie Guy, Michael Gaines, Jetta Rosewater, Beer Fett, Bethany, uh, Russ Harbinson, Kendall Gelnar, and Val Trichkoff. Thank you guys so much for being a part of the resistance. So with this segment, we get to have our generals be a part of the show. And we're super excited um, this week to have one of our newer generals be a part of the show, and that would be Bethany. So we asked her a question, and then she gives us an answer, and we kind of react to it. Um, The question was, would you like to see Dave Filoni direct a Star Wars feature film, and do you think that will ever actually happen? So Bethany, take it away. Hey, James, John, and Lacey. Thanks for having me on the show. I would absolutely want to see a Dave Filoni-directed Star Wars feature film. It's a natural progression for him from directing The Clone Wars and then Rebels and then the live-action Mandalorian episodes. And I think if he did direct a movie, I would want to see Jon Favreau be the executive producer. Uh, You've talked about this on The Mando Fan Show about how there seems to be a kind of two-way mentorship going on between them, and I think a feature film would benefit greatly from that relationship and camaraderie. And secondly, I really want to see um, Dave Filoni have the opportunity to create a live-action set of characters that operates as a family unit, uh, similar to what he did with Clone Wars and Rebels and I want to see that apart from the errors of Star Wars that we're all familiar with. So that's my two cents. Um, Now back to beer. Awesome. I didn't think that I would ever see someone drinking a beer with a straw inside <laughs> of a Mando helmet, but it was epic. I didn't know beer I... Beer fat. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Boba Fett. You are beer fat. That's why I said that. Yeah. But uh, I never knew I needed that until now, Bethany. And now that I've seen it, it's all I've ever needed. Okay. John, what did you think of Bethany's answer? First of all, 
Great shirt. <laughs> Great shirt. Um, one of a kind, sort of. But no, um, yeah, you make great points. You uh, you brought up the Mando fan show. We kind of talked about that that weird dyad between Favreau and Filoni and how they had the perfect match. Um, one being a brilliant filmmaker with all this knowledge of film history, and then the other being just this um, historian of Star Wars itself, and them kind of together melding to make this great product. Um, that would be great to see in a feature film. Um, if Dave Filoni directed a film, I would love for John Favreau to be the executive producer on that. Um, so I like what you had to say about that. Um, and then the, the familial aspect is, is very important. And you, you know, you bring, you bring up a great point about how, uh, the Clone Wars really does develop that, uh, relationship between Obi-Wan and Anakin and even the clones in their own right. Um, giving them personalities and identities and, and making you kind of care for them as a group, as opposed to just this assembly line of soldiers so uh and he in rebels of course that's the bigger example i think of a of a family um so if he could bring that into a, a star wars movie like you say i think that that's um a wonderful thing it would be a great thing and those are the types of stories that really resonate in star wars i think so you make great points uh great job first pod race done very well and it's not a beer but i have a straw so cheers to you bethany <laughs> james um, my, my quick thing is just like, I, I, I think in theory, I like the idea of Filoni being in charge of a live action movie. Cause I think he handles star Wars very well, but, uh, you know, not, not for me. I, I, I don't think, you know, if, if not Filoni, then you're going to get someone of what Taika Watiti's caliber of, uh, JJ Abrams caliber, caliber, Ryan Johnson's caliber, Ron Howard's caliber. You know what I mean? Like, I think uh, if if in fact uh, Filoni were to do it and Favreau was executive producer, I feel like that would feel very backwards. Like right. I feel like you would want Filoni producing a movie, uh, but you want Favreau directing it. So um, not to disagree, but but I think I think we're on the right path with I think their collab works really well. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I understand your answer, and uh, I like that you have a custom <laughs> little like bando helmet. That's yeah, awesome. it's so cool. Um, yeah, your answer is great. I um, I love that you brought up how the Mando fan show we talk about that mentorship slash partnership between John Favreau and Dave Filoni because I feel like that's so important to that series and to kind of the future of Star Wars is where we see new people coming in yet kind of the mainstay Dave Filoni who knows Star Wars through and through kind of taking a step towards live action and and working together but then also mm-hmm. wanting to continue on his own quest and journey to do more which is just exciting so it's like they're not leaving anybody behind so um but yeah awesome answer uh thank you so much for your support uh we love chatting with you and having fun and your video is just so freaking hilarious um (laughs) but yeah thanks so much and now we're gonna head to john for ask the resistance i've been wondering what are midi-chlorians okay ask the resistance time you guys send us questions and we do our best to discuss these give our takes on them uh hopefully uh give you the answers you're looking for and if not send another question (laughs) <laughs> um, all right, so we got a few here. We're going to go 
Uh, the first one here is from Stephen Bowman. At Stephen A. Bowman. What's up, Stephen? Good to see you. Uh, Lacey, this one's going to you. What planets would you most want to revisit in future Star Wars live-action projects? Are there any from the books or legends that you hope get live-action treatment? Solo gave me my big one, Corellia. But I need more. So a little Veruca Salt. He needs more. Keep it. Keep Willy Wonka. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what do you think? Uh, hi, Steven. Great question. Um, I would love to see Coruscant again. I I really love that planet. I think we saw a lot of it in the prequels, but I think there's so many, obviously, levels of that city we can explore. Um, that's one of the reasons I was kind of very interested to the Duel of the Fates script is because they mentioned it. Um, I don't know if I agree with where it went, but I was just excited to see the word Coruscant. Um, I would also love to go back to Takodana. I know we kind of talked about this a little bit around Make Solo 2 Happen Day if there was a, uh, when a solo series happens. Uh, him to go see Maz would be just a, such a great connection to the sequel trilogy um, and to see her her castle again before it got totally <laughs> wrecked would be uh super cool but yeah i think both those are cool as well as naboo would be um interesting to see mostly like the prequel planets for me because i feel like something like a tatooine we've seen a lot of it like i'm good on tatooine i'm good with jakku we don't need to go to back to jakku so um but yeah that's my answer all right i love Maz's castle i think it's gonna be in high republic it's so cool it's with her could, little, like, could easily be. her statue on the top. It's so cool. And all the flags. Rest yes. in peace. Maz's castle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, James, this one is going to you from Blaga the Hut. Uh, we know Mandalorian starfighters were in the Battle of Exegol. Do you think the Mandalorians will build up their strength in Season 2 and we will see some of their forces? We'll see some of their forces. Um, you know, th- this question is interesting just because it just goes to show like the ups and downs of the Mandalorian race, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, why weren't they around in the original trilogy? Why weren't they fighting in that battle? Well, they were down at that point. Um, you know, why aren't they, you know, around here and there? Well, they were, they were up and they were down and, I think we're the Mandalorian is the beginning of the rebirth of the Mandalorian um, army, if you will, and I think it. I think it is very likely that somewhere in the sequel trilogy, there were background conversations with Leia. You know, like, hey, can can we recruit the Mandalorians? They're around. They're powerful. Um, but I think what what's interesting is that there's there's a decent chance that you know they uh, they show up more regularly in the battle of Exegol as well. Um, we just can't see it, you know, they're around, they're there. We, th- it's very easy for them to say later. Yes, there was many groups of Mandalorians that showed up that day. Um, but in that period of the Mandalorian from where they're rebirthing to who knows when before, after, during right. the prequel or the sequel era, Yes, there's there's probably a very good chance that Mandalore has built themselves back up. Um, that is what their uh, species is about. Even though the Empire completely tore them down, um, 
the rebirth and the reshaping of the Mandalorian culture uh, is at hand. And I think you are seeing the beginning of that. And that's why Jin, Din Djarin's like character is going to be so relevant to the Mandalorian story, story later down mm-hmm. the line. Um, so yes. Uh, yeah. I do think the Mandalorians are riding the wave right up. This is the beginning. Buy, buy stocks and Mandalorians because <laughs> right you're buying now. low. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah. No, that's a great answer. Good point. Um, all right. Next one is from uh, Yoshi. Yoshi Vu at Vu Yoshi. Yoshi. What is up, Yoshi? Um, he asked, uh, so I wonder if he's looking for more work. Do you think that there will be special editions of the prequels or sequel trilogies? What might be changed? So I think the sequel trilogy is perfect, especially episode nine, like the Death Star stuff and um especially the tie fighters in the death star i think that stuff doesn't need to be changed at all yoshi <laughs> um, i see what you did there perfect no so i here's here's my answer on this prequel trilogy i think should have special editions i think they should use the modern technology they have to make um, updates to a lot of the dated clearly dated cgi work done in that movie especially jar jar binks specifically um, I always say this, imagine seeing a modern Jar Jar Binks and the wrinkles you can put in his face and make his nostrils move a different way and maybe his eyes a little more realistic um, all down the line. Um, and then all, all the other things, a lot of the other creatures and, and that sort of stuff and the movements and the, the weirdness of Anakin riding that weird dog tick in Attack of the Clones is very choppy and weird. Like a lot of stuff like that, I think could be helped by modern cg technology like we're seeing with the mandalorian Mm -hmm. uh but i don't think they're going to do it because they don't want to desecrate george lucas's work um and unless he's involved or gives the okay um which maybe he would i don't know um i that'd be very dangerous for them to do that i think um very very tough tough sledding there so i don't think that they will and sequel trilogy too early to tell um it just came out so for me to think, wow, that looks bad now. I, I don't know. Um, everything looks great to me, like uh, even like Carrie Fisher and all that stuff. So, uh, so my final answer is they should make a prequel one. They won't uh, because of George Lucas and respecting that and sequel too early to tell uh, Yoshi. But thanks, man. I uh, appreciate that question. Um, last one, guys, quick. Tom Rose at Toehead81. What is more fun for you guys to discuss on the show new and upcoming rumors and projects or past star Wars projects and your reactions to them real quick. What do you guys prefer to talk about on the show? I prefer new and upcoming rumor projects. This is tough for me. John, what is your answer? I love speculating. So I'm with James. I love talking about the upcoming stuff. I like reacting to stuff. I, I feel like it's, um, I'm a very, uh, what I'm feeling at the time or what experience or mindset was I in at a certain certain piece of content. So I, I like talking about that and it helps me connect with others and connect, uh, I don't know, all my experiences with Star Wars together. So I, I guess I would say reacting, but new stuff is cool too. Right on. Um, thank you, Tom. Appreciate that question. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Told you to be quick. All right, guys, that is the <laughs> end of this episode, though. Uh, we want to thank everyone for listening and watching and being a part of the resistance. Make sure you do subscribe to us. Uh, free to do, easy to do. 
uh apple Podcasts, soundcloud spotify podbean wherever you get your podcasts also of course if you're watching right here on youtube uh make sure you get your notifications on because we post two episodes every week on mondays and thursdays and we have one more episode of the mando fan show coming up on friday to end this run and of course we'll be back with that in october when season two of the mandalorian kicks off and we learn what baby yoda's name is um and see that blue ahsoka lightsaber um but uh make sure you guys go to starwarsnewsnet.com every day for your latest star wars news reviews editorials information and more and go check out the article uh we posted on friday uh detailing all the specifics on the um ahsoka stuff that we kind of ran down in this episode for you today uh teespring.com slash store slash resistance broadcast we talked about it at the top of the show got the new gary the pork design for you all of our other designs there including make solo 2 happen not the red one though if you want that Rate us on Apple Podcasts, screenshot, send it to us on Twitter at RBATSWNN, hashtag Rate the Resistance. Um, and we covered everything else, right? So you guys can find me on Twitter at Johnny Hoey and writing and editing over at StarWarsNewsNet.com. James? Twitter and Instagram at Myra Trunks. Lacey? Dragon Ball Z reference. <laughs> People can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Lacey Gillerin. Uh, we will be back on Thursday as always. Uh, this time we're going to be discussing do we view the big three, Han, Luke, and Leia differently now that we've gotten their full stories from the sequel trilogy. So we're going to have a fun time discussing that and of course uh, it's going to be one with the force or will the force? You'll find out on Thursday. <laughs> Our patrons know. If not, you'll find out Thursday. But uh, we hope you enjoy your weeks. Stay strong, stay safe, be well, and uh, we'll see you around kids. <laughs>